When we think of the future of leadership in sales, what, or rather who, do we see? Women in Sales Everywhere and Sales Loft have teamed up to answer this question, and let me assure you, there's no doubt that the future is female. I'm Sydney Sloan, Chief Marketing Officer at Sales Loft. And I'm Alex Adamson, Executive Director of Women in Sales Everywhere. We'll be sitting down with each outstanding female leader on our inaugural Future Female CROs list to discuss everything from their sales philosophies to how they keep their lives organized to how they unwind after a breakneck day. Together, we'll dig into exactly what makes each of these women so extraordinary. Thanks for listening. Greetings and good day, everybody. My name is Sydney Sloan, and I am the CMO at SalesLoft. Today, I have the good fortune to be talking with Allie O'Brien. Allie has spent the last eight years helping to develop revenue teams within fintech, martech research, e-commerce, and advertising at companies like Global Web Index and CB Insights. Currently, Allie is most passionate about the work she's currently doing at a company called Chief, which is an organization created to drive more women into positions of power and keep us there. As a director of sales turned director of revenue operations, Allie has developed a unique perspective when it comes to enabling and optimizing revenue, revenue organizations from lead to renewal. And we're going to definitely dive into a lot of these different topics. First of all, I'm curious about what is chief and how that has come to fruition so far. Definitely the transitions that she's made from sales into revenue and any other topic that we come up with. So um, congratulations on being selected as a future female CRO. Why don't we start by telling us a little bit about yourself that I didn't cover in the formal introduction. Perfect. Thanks so much, Sydney. I'm so excited to be part of this conversation and especially part of the list for future female CROs. But you covered a lot of it. I've grown up in sales. That was kind of my very first job way, way back when and have found myself kind of going through sales management, sales director, building out teams from really scratch um, and up to teams of around 30, 35. So my specialty is really scaling organizations, particularly on the revenue side. And most recently, yes, have transitioned into a operations role as director of RevOps at Chief. So it's been an interesting transition, an exciting one. And I really feel is, you know, gearing me up for kind of an accelerated path in terms of management and leadership within revenue organizations. Cool. Um, we like to start by, we have a couple of traditions in Hey Salespeople. And the first question is, what are some of your favorite books or podcasts that you go to to get inspiration? So definitely Hey Salespeople with Jeremy Donovan. Um, I love that one. I like that it's really bite-sized. I can listen and then take something away from it. I find them very actionable and digestible. And then I recently read the book, Turn the Ship Around, which is actually written from a military leader about kind of bringing a failing uh, military fleet back into success. Um, it was recommended to me by my very first operations-minded leader, which was Victor Sowers at CB Insights. It's really great about change management, about leading a team that has maybe low morale and bringing them up to a place of positivity. So those are the two I would recommend. And then the second question, a little bit of insight, you said you started your career in sales, but what was your first job in sales? So my first job in sales, I think a lot of people can relate. My family has a business. My mother owns a candy store. Uh, she has had it for about 16 years now. And so that was my first job in sales was selling truffles and greeting cards at her candy store when she first opened. So that was my foray into it. Is it still open? Like, do you want to give a shout out to the candy store location? 
Yes, Robin's Candy. She's in a town called Great Barrington in Massachusetts. Robinscandy.com. And she ships nationwide. When you think about it, I mean, and again, congratulations on on your designation. Are you feeling like you're on a path to CRO? What what does success look like to you in the midterm? I hope I'm on a path to CRO. I think I took a maybe um, non-traditional path in the hopes of getting there. You know, a lot of people go the sales manager, sales director, VP of sales, VP of revenue, CRO. I really wanted to gain a holistic understanding of the full revenue funnel now that it has really changed from when I first started of like sales is sales is sales, not taking into account retention or marketing as part of that revenue org. I really wanted to understand holistically what the marketing part of that revenue organization entails, what the new business side, I think I've got that down, but then really understanding from a retention and renewal standpoint, what's important to consider if you were to be you know, a chief revenue officer of a holistic org like that. And so moving into this operations role, I think is setting me up for that very well. I would say in the short term, success to me is feeling like I'm having an impact on the teams that I support. There's a degree to which when you move into management um, or leadership where you no longer directly affect that change. You know, you're not an individual contributor. You are leading a team of individual contributors. And so feeling that in whatever leadership position I'm in, I'm really impacting change and positive change for the teams that I support, the teams that I lead. That's really what success is for me right now. Are you reporting directly to the CRO now? Yes, I am. What have you learned like from this vantage point that you see from where you were before? I laugh because I have learned so much in the last year that I really didn't anticipate. I mean, I knew I would learn more in operations, but I didn't realize exactly how much really everything from how important, you know, retention is as a metric and, you know, I was a salesperson. I was a leader of salespeople. It's that end of month, what did we do? How great did we do? What was our quota and and things like that? And I thought about retention. My husband is a CSM. I know it's there. I know it's important. But really understanding how that can have such a strong impact on the new business side of things and and really learning a lot more about renewal being a main driver for a SaaS organization when you talk about that or an organization that has, you know, memberships or subscriptions or anything like that, how that can really drive your ICP your ideal customer profile from a marketing standpoint and really how marketing all the way to renewal works and every step of the way, why those numbers are so important early on that can impact numbers later on. So really learning how much of an impact CS can and should have on even the marketing journey is brand new to me and so exciting to be a part of. I wanted to talk a little bit about Chief, but before I do that, you know, you've been a fantastic advocate in the market for us and thank you, um, but also for others. And when you think about the customer experience and advocacy, what do you think companies need to do to create passionate advocates like you've become? That's a great question. One of the things I've appreciated so much about SalesLoft, and it's kind of known at this point when someone brings me on to a role that I'm gonna bring SalesLoft with me, and that's the point at which I've gotten to, There's two things that really have made a difference for me and and made me a true advocate and believer for a couple tools in the market. The first is unparalleled support, Uh, especially in a remote world right now. We need a lot of help when it comes to implementation, onboarding, training, adoption. And more and more teams are scaling so quickly that we really need help to scale. And especially when you're talking to somebody like myself, who's a team of one really on revenue operations, 
looking for somebody who's going to not only sell me a product, but then also sell me a partnership in terms of being there for support, offering like sales loft offers office hours, being really available for my team so that when I can't get there, someone else can, and I can rely on a team. So they didn't just sell me a product. They didn't do the drive-by sale you suggested where they just drop off the implementation package on my doorstep and leave. They're really there as a true partner. So that's, that's the first one. And the second is bringing their clients and their partners up. If they're partnering with me, I'm partnering with them. And so the things that SalesLoft does, like this list, partnering with Wise on the future female CROs or bringing in their customers to do blog posts or speak on podcasts and raise their clients and key partners up in ways that kind of is mutually beneficial for both. It's the people like that that I want to continue working with because it makes me more successful in my job from being such a good tool and having a good partner that I can rely on. And then it also makes me kind of want to be advocates for them because they're advocates for me. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. I've always believed in similarly advocated and advised different companies. And it's kind of like, it's that partnership, right? I'm willing to give, but what am I going to get out of it? I'm going to get the network of other people like me, which I really do need to rely on. I'm going to get access when I need help because I've already given and so really making sure that if you are going to build out these advocacy networks that, that you've got those, it's not just a one-sided relationship. And so talk to me a little bit about Chief. So talk, in networking and, and building out relationships, why did you decide to take your career to Chief? Because that's a little bit of a different departure from uh, what you've done before. And what is it that you love about, about working there? Yeah, so I left a world of true B2B SaaS. And I left it because I was tired of our mission statement being, we want to be the best at data. That phrase, that mission statement can be tweaked depending on the data we were selling, but we want to be the brand leader in market research. We want to be the brand leader in financial technology for you know early stage. There's not much passion behind that sometimes, or you get to a point where you're just like, I don't want to just sell numbers anymore. I, I want to sell something that I can really feel passionate about. And Coming to Chief, seeing that there was a mission and the opportunity to bring on members who genuinely wanted to be there, genuinely wanted to take advantage of what you were offering them in terms of a membership at Chief. And it was no longer just, here's a login for a platform and it's great, go use it. This is now an experience, a network, a deeper sense of partnership and community and the idea of being part of an organization that that was their mission was to bring women into positions of power and keep them there and give them all of the tools and resources they need to be successful leaders in their own right was something that really excited me. Not only because I you know, believe it's where I want to end up, but that it also is a huge void in the market and something that is truly necessary in order for the world <laughs> to be successful, businesses to be successful is to provide that equity and uh, inclusion at all levels. I'm sure it was a a bit of a challenge for you this last year because one of the value propositions was your in-person studios or clubhouses, clubhouses. How did you manage, and we've talked a little bit before this about managing change and change management. How did you guys manage through that change and how did you leverage what you had learned before in helping companies manage through change that you could apply to to chief? Definitely. The first thing really that happened on, I think it was Friday, March 17th, the exact D-Day of, you know, all right, everyone's home. 
was what do we need to get our members? What do we need to do for them to make sure that this transition is is easy for them? Because that's what we have. That's our product is our people. And so the virtual transition was first and foremost, just what do we need to pivot to maintain this level of excellence and this experience that our members have come to expect from us? And once we started asking those questions, it became very quick, you know, pivot into virtual meetings, virtual events. And the team, I posted about this recently, the team pivoted so quickly and so dramatically to offer the same level of experience and support that we were offering in person to fully virtual after being fully in person. We'd never offered a virtual meeting. We didn't even have an executive like Zoom account. <laughs> we, we were using the free versions. And so... That was really the most impressive and exciting thing for me. And we've actually gotten to a point now where a year later, we're reopening our clubhouses. Um, You know, that's on the plan still, but we are adopting this virtual first model because we found it would allow for more inclusion. It allowed for people who may have a blended work from home future, those who are supporting family members or other priorities who may not be able to come into our physical spaces. And it also allowed us to reach a greater audience by opening up cities that were going to be virtual only from the start without clubhouses planned. So it was a really exciting pivot for us that so many people talk about thriving under pressure and how creativity really is driven by pressure and need. And that was really what I think we've come out of this a year later with. That's amazing. And has it also helped you with getting access? Because a lot of times you have some pretty impressive speakers and I'm sure has that also opened up like being able to access more people because it's easier for them too? Yeah. I mean, we had Stacey Abrams last month. We had Issa Rae last month. We have Ben and Jerry coming up this month. Not only gaining access to an exciting, what we call our icon events because they wouldn't have to travel, but then also giving access to our members who are in other spaces. More and more of our members are able to join these events and learn from these amazing people, men and women who are speaking to us and are teaching us amazing things, giving more people that access is even better. Um, I know one thing that when I joined SalesLoft, I, I knew that I was going to become a better marketer because I'm going to understand sales deeper. What have you learned by being within chief? And then you get the benefit of the chief experience. So what are some of the key takeaways of things that you've learned through the chief program? Oh my gosh. I would say that I definitely did not have a healthy respect for self-care and for you need to take care of yourself before you can take care of your team. The old adage of put your oxygen mask on before you help those around you on an airplane, Chief has really made such a point of providing our members with resources to make sure that they themselves are supported and, and feel secure and are able to excel and exceed expectations? And then how do you enable your teams to get the same experience that you're having? Really has been incredibly eye-opening for me. I've always just worked flat out and given my teams everything that I think they could possibly need and, and want from me, but at my own expense at previous jobs. And learning from Chief really that, you know, meditation is super important. Prioritization, time blocking, like even down to how to prioritize to be the best leader that you can, even if it means saying no or what I like to call saying yes and, uh, which is I can get that for you and here's what we'll need to do in order for me to be able to get this to you on that timeline or you know by that deadline. I think that has been the most eye-opening thing for me throughout this chief journey and really being a part of seeing this network grow and expand so much during the last year. It makes me think about 
our teams are a reflection of us. Like sometimes I can be hard on myself. Well, I'm being critical, but you know what? Then that translates to the team and then it see you see the morale impact or vice versa. If you just change to a more positive attitude, how that can trickle down. And it's just when you do it and you realize, wow, you know, that it's it starts with how we lead. And when you think about leadership in your experiences in leading teams or in your experiences where you've had great leaders, what are some of those attributes that you have taken on that you think are really important from a, a leadership perspective, like putting the future CRO hat on? What would be the attributes of leadership that would be most important to you? So the first to me, I learned from Kevin Mulrain, who was my leader, my boss at Global Web Index and before that at Feedvisor. He really hammered into me, and this is so important with leading, with change management, with adoption. It's the why behind the what. Not just telling people what you need them to do, but why you need them to do it. And it's something I have struggled with, uh, especially in a virtual world. I need to remember that when I Slack someone, and I don't provide more details or information about why I need it, it can come off a little a little strong. And so, you know, when you're telling a team, hey, I need you to change the way you're doing this. I need the process to be different. I need you to use this new tool. I need you to use a completely new X, Y, and Z in your sales process. Here's why. Having people buy in to your ideas, your process, your you know future plans, and having them really understand is what's going to drive that adoption, that more successful change management. So the why behind the what is, I think, crucial for leaders to to be able to really like own and and um, be very strong with. And then the second one is empathy. A lot of people tend to put themselves first. I struggle with this immensely as a leader, as an individual contributor. I struggle with empathy. I feel that when I am overloaded with work, when I am underwater, no one else could possibly be there too, and I'm alone on this ship. Having empathy that people might be dealing with something outside of work that's impacting how they're talking to you or how they're responding to some process you're passing them. Having empathy for, I may not know the 15 other responsibilities that they have on their plate. I may not know what kind of pressures they're under. And I need to lead with empathy to assume that there's outside factors and how do I best enable that person to be successful knowing that I may never know what those other factors are. So getting people bought in on the mission, the why behind the what, and then also leading with empathy, I think are the two most important characteristics for a leader to have. In my personal development plan right now, I, I'm working on the, the empathy part, I think from a perspective of listening. And so it, as we get into more advanced tactics of being a good listener, there's kind of like the active listener, which is like, I'm listening intently and I can repeat back summarizing, which is a really good, especially in sales, right? Let me summarize what I just heard. Let me clarify. I want to make sure I heard you right. And you summarize empathetic listening. You put yourself into the quote unquote body of the person. So not only are you hearing, but you're feeling what they're saying. And it can be overwhelming. <laughs> I mean, it's a whole different like degree of trying to be a listener. If anybody's out there studying that, it's an advanced degree. I'm, I'm, my coach is taking me through it right now. And I'm excited to be able to upskill. So I, I do try to listen more empathetically, not just actively. You, you talked a little bit about going through change. And one of the other things I think about when you talk about leadership is motivation. And a very interesting path that you've taken going from an individual contributor to a sales manager 
to revenue operations role. You actually, you called it, I've gone from the quarterback to the ball girl. (laughs) How does that change how you think about the different types of people you have to motivate? Because I've noticed, and this is why it's so interesting for me that you made this transition is because a lot of times people in operations tend to be more introverted where people in sales tend to be more extroverted. It's just kind of our natural tendency. So how do you think about motivation as you transition from different types of roles or realize what different types of people need? Yes, I am definitely not the norm. I am a total extrovert in that sense. It is a struggle to be in a role where I think somebody who is more comfortable just kind of being, you know, very heads down would be thriving. And that's a learning experience for me. And I think it's important to gain that experience as well. When it comes to this transition, it's really understanding you get to a certain degree and and you as a CMO, I'm sure can agree to this where the guts and the glory are owned by the people who you're leading. And I mentioned this earlier, but the people you're supporting, the people that you are enabling to be successful, it's the guts, the glory that they get. And you're just there to make sure that they are their best selves of whatever form and function that is within the organization. And I did not expect this to be that type of transition. I don't know what I expected. I mean, revenue operations is a new world. It's a new role. It's traditionally sales ops, but even that is still pretty young. It's been a very humbling experience to to learn a bit more about what it truly means to support a team and to enable a team to be successful. And I think it really opened my eyes to what I was missing as a director of sales and a manager of salespeople before this, which was I was scared to let things go. There's a great article um, I read about a year ago about letting your Legos go, which is passing things off to people when you get to a position where you have too many things to handle because it gives you room to handle new and bigger things. And that's really been, I think, a pillar and a tenant of my experience, which is I don't need to own everything. I don't need, I shouldn't need the recognition for everything. Seeing that success that I mentioned should be enough for me and seeing people do their best. And that's really what I'm working on now is becoming understanding that the next phases of my career are likely going to be in those support roles and the guts and the glory go to lives of my former self as an individual contributor or, you know, a middle sales manager and things like that. And that's, that's been really fun. It's been really hard, definitely keeping me on my toes. You just described servant leadership you serve your people, you're there for them. And I love when you see those moments where you talk to somebody, they're not sure, hopefully they trust you. And then the realization of, you know, as, as the team grows and maybe they they don't have as much responsibility because you need to get to specialization. And then they realize they can go deeper into things they never had time to do before, or they realize it and they're like, oh, I get it now and I see it. And, you know, and it's just like, sometimes you have to be open and willing to release things to be able to have that ability to discover new things. Don't ever look at change as a negative, look at it as a positive because you get to continue to learn and continue to grow. And then watch other people, frankly, take what you started and, and hopefully run with it and be be really happy and proud for them. So well, I have to say this has been, we, we went a little bit longer than I we normally do. So this is an extra long version of Hey Salespeople, but just fantastic insights. What an incredible journey you've been on so far. I can't wait to see what you continue to do, Allie. Thank you so much for being part of, and, and I can't believe that you weren't already part of Hey Salespeople when we started this. I'm like, I'm sure you've been on it before. And you're like, no. And I'm like, what? So I am honored that I got to interview you for your inaugural version of your Hey Salespeople. Um, 
experience. Shout out to your mom again, Robin, and uh, and her chocolate shop. And uh, again, congratulations on being a future female CRO. Thank you so much. So happy to be a part of it. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This was Sales Loft and Wise's Future Female CROs. Check back next week for another episode featuring an outstanding female CRO of tomorrow. And until next time, this was Sydney Sloan from Sales Loft and Alex Adamson from Women in Sales Everywhere.